I think society as a whole expects you to grieve when the loss is still fresh, but then don't realize that you still grieve every day. If people say that a person coming up to them and telling them that they stink is offensive. Hey there, Zesties! Thanks for tuning in to the Gleeful Talk Show, where we share zesty stories to cultivate the happiness and hero within and out. On the show, we talk about personal development, society, and culture with some pop culture sprinkled in between. So, if these are the topics that you're interested in, then please keep on listening. Big thanks once again to one of our zesties and friend, Jem, or also known as Rairusuchin. Thank you, Jem, for supporting the show. So, zesties, if you've followed the podcast, you know by now that I am a big fan of Ed Sheeran. I've listened to him way back in the day, 18 days, I would say, through radio, not Spotify or any streaming platform. So that was quite a long time ago, right? And recently this year in February, I went to his concert on my own. And you can find out my adventures some few episodes ago. So if you'd like to know more on that adventure, please scroll through or visit my YouTube channel. It was only a year ago, Zesties, that he won a court case against his song Shape of You, filed by grime artist Sami Chokri and his co-writer Ross Odong Odonoghe. Sorry if I'm butchering the last name, but yes, for uh, those two grime artists. And the lawsuit was also filed last April 2022 over their 2015 song OY. You know the OY, 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 OY part of the shape of you? So that's what they filed the lawsuit on. On that ruling, the judge concluded that Ed Sheeran neither deliberately nor subconsciously copied a phrase from OY when writing Shape of You, as emphasized by Ed on the trial. Wow, Ed, first name basis, eh? <laughs> as Ed had mentioned before, which I totally agree, these types of lawsuits are damaging to the music industry and there are only so many notes and very few chords used in pop music, of course. By law of probability, it's bound to happen that some songs would sound similar, but that doesn't mean that it was copied, right? I play the acoustic guitar and sing pop songs during my free time. I myself know that these pop music chord progression would be similar. And during the 11-day trial back then in London, Sheeran denied he borrows ideas from other songwriters without acknowledgement. He told the court he always tried to be completely fair in crediting his contributors, adding that he was using the opportunity of the trial to clear his name. In their testimony, Ed Sheeran, MacDate, and Mac all denied being aware of OY prior to the writing of Shape of You. Anyway, Zesties, that's all in the past. That's all last year. But recently, just this month of May, on another high-profile case, Ed was again faced with copyright infringement, not from a musician, 
but a deceased musician's heirs. More specifically, the heirs of the co-writer of Marvin Gaye's 1973 hit, Let's Get It On, basically Ed Townsend's heirs. I saw one of the public interviews of the opposing side, and they made it seem like it's a white guy taking advantage of a black person's music, or should I say, person of color. And again, Zesties, I feel like this woke thing is really getting out of hand. But anyway, even hearing this without delving into the case, it's pretty obvious that money is one of the major factors on the pursuit of these cases. As for the decisions, music theory is a complex business. Hence, the opposing side did call upon an expert witness, a musicologist, to identify the quote-unquote similarities in the chord progression. But as I said, no one owns a chord progression. And based on my research, Louis Tumpros from Harvard Law explained that the fundamental question for any copyright infringement is, was this a copy or not? So is thinking out loud a copy of Let's Get It On? The standard take account two things. That is similarity and access. And the interesting thing about this case, Zesties, is that the Copyright Act changed in the 1970s. So for most songs written before 1978, and Let's Get It On was written or was out by 1973, the only thing that you could deposit with the Copyright Office, and therefore the only thing that you could protect, was the sheet music for a song. The sheet music may or may not encompass all of the aspects of the performance of the song. So here, as a purely technical matter, what Townsend's estate has rights to is the music embodied in the deposit copy of the sheet music. In this case, it's just chords and lyrics. There is no baseline, so the baseline can't be part of the consideration. But fundamentally, what the jury will be asked to do is figure out whether the protectable material is substantially similar or not. In a pre-trial order, the judge specifically held in this case that the base is out, and the jury is only going to be considering the chord progression and harmonic rhythm, and also they cannot consider chord progression and harmonic rhythms that are part of the common musical techniques. So Zesties, I've listened to both songs and there is only a very slight similarity, I would say for maybe like three seconds or, or so of the song, but that's it. But come on, right? Like it's, it's like they don't own the chord progression. It was reported also that Ed did a mini-concert in the court to prove his point where he played a song release prior to the Let's Get It On and wherein its Let's Get It On sounded the same. So, nice move, Ed. And personally, Zesties, I feel that these types of cases are kind of like limiting the creative freedom of artists. Well, you can also say that on the other hand, some people might take advantage of an old piece of work and, you know, recycle it as their own, which is, again, wrong. However, artists always have inspirations, right? Even like the Renaissance artists have drawn inspiration from the previous artists and have come up with their own. But it doesn't mean that they copied it. 
Anyway, there were also other similar cases to this, actually. And that was around 2015, wherein a jury decided that the Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams song Blurred Lines infringed a Marvin Gaye song, Gotta Give It Up. And they were awarded more than $5 million in damages. But I guess the difference on that one was that it was extremely similar, both songs to my ears, I would say. So maybe the jury got it right then as well. Anyway, I'm very happy that Ed won this case once again, as he should have, right? Zesties. And if you Zesties haven't seen his documentary on Disney Plus entitled The Sum of It All, I recommend you watch it. It really shows another side to Ed Sheeran and a point in his life where he was in the lowest of lows, for which his newest album is a fruit of Subtract. So Subtract is like a stripped-off version of all of the songs, right? Like it's, it's going back to his acoustic singer-songwriter roots, which his first few fans recognized him for or discovered him for. So I would recommend you watching that documentary. And I, I didn't want to spoil you what other things came on there, but it's showing that pop stars like Ed Sheeran is also human. You know, he experiences loss, grief, tribulations in his life, despite being very wealthy, despite the pop sensation that he is. And in a lot of his interviews, actually, he did say something around that line, too, that, you know, like money can't buy you everything. Money, you know, even though you have all the money in the world, but if you lost your best friend, then you would still be the saddest person in the world. But I would say, oh, Ed, I think it's still better to cry in your Porsche rather than in your, I don't know, in your cariton, as we say it in Filipino. So what I'm saying is I, I, I know grief as well. It doesn't discount the grief that you have. But I guess I feel like people who are wealthy are still privileged in a way because they would have the resources to help them cope with, with all the stresses in life. But, you know, people who don't have the resources and still have loss, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? But anyway, not discounting the loss and grief of wealthy people but i'm just saying it's better to cry in your porsche than being a homeless you know so that's the that's life but anyway if you didn't know spoiler alert zesties but it has been public information that he was grieving on the death of his best friend jamal edwards so his newest album subtract is where he was able to at least pour out a lot of his emotion on grief and loss. One of the songs, the Carrier single entitled Eyes Closed, is one of my favorites actually. And he sang this on his mathematics tour here in Brisbane last February. And I can totally relate to the song too because, you know, in the chorus he said, just dancing with my eyes closed because everywhere I look, I still see you. It's really, really powerful. And for those of you who might not know or who would know, I lost my mom a year ago in April. So I know the feeling of grief and loss. And one thing about grief, at least for me, Zesties, is, it, is it's like it's always there. It comes in waves. 
big waves, small waves, but the ocean has waves all the time, you know, like li- even like little small waves, you know what I mean? And it actually doesn't go away, but you just learn to live with it. When I learned of my mom's loss that day, I don't think I cried actually. It was only days, weeks, and months that followed that I was crying myself at night and dreamt of her, that she's still there. It really feels like there is something missing there, but you just really learn to live with what's missing. And different people deal with grief differently too. I think society as a whole expects you to grieve when the loss is still fresh, but then don't realize that you still grieve every day. It's not that I hide my grief, it's just that I learned to live with grief. Learning to live with it for me is constantly telling myself that if my mom would have battled through cancer longer, her suffering would be much longer. So it's like for me telling myself, you know, convincing myself, I would say, that it's God's blessing in a way that she doesn't have to suffer as much. The people left behind, on the other hand, would be the ones, you know, missing her, longing for her, being very sad. But it's something better, I'd say, you know, than her suffering longer, right? And here's the thing, you know, there's an iPhone widget that you can slideshow photos randomly on your home screen. I don't know if you've tried that widget, but I have that. And every time, and I mean every damn time, when her photo pops up, the last few photos we had together when she was very frail, I can't watch it for long. Like, I, at some point, I look at it for a second and try to distract myself. And I guess I'm still not really ready to, you know, look at that photo for a long time, you know, and, or stare at it for a long time. And one time I tried to find an option to exclude a photo. And I did find that option, but eventually I didn't go for it. Because I also do not want to leave out her photo as well. I still want it there, you know. But it still hurts looking at that photo at the same time. So it's pretty complicated grief. Anyway, Zesties, if you aren't a fan of Ed Sheeran, that's fine. But for those who listen to his music, his newest album, Subtract, as I mentioned earlier, is going back to his acoustic singer-songwriter roots, which I really like and which you and I have discovered him for. And I think it's also one of the albums that I like most of the songs on it, if you know what I mean. So not only the Carrier single or not only one or two or three songs, but most of the songs. So it's, it's really special, I think. Kudos to Ed for showing or presenting this to the world and being vulnerable and being raw, authentic. And I think that it also helps him and helps other people who can relate to the song, who can feel the song's emotions. And most of the songs actually, even if it's like written about a story, the story of the artist, but when you listen to that song, it's like you can relate your own life too. So like the what I mentioned about Eyes Closed. So it's, it's very good. I really like it. And I hope you guys also would listen to it on your free time. I, even if you don't like Ed Sheeran. 
But anyway, Zesties, on a brighter note, on a brighter note, nothing related to Ed Sheeran at all, but I just wanted to share a funny yet embarrassing story. Have you ever had an experience where you had to sit next to someone on an airplane or a public transport and that person stinks? Like, you know, like not like sweat stink, but oozing with armpit stink. I think, I feel like because it's a colder season down here in the Southern Hemisphere, maybe some people don't want to shower, something like that, like days without shower, I would say. And my particular experience is on an airplane. And the problem with airplanes is that you're stuck there for several hours with that stinky person. And I guess here, here's the case. Here's the case I wanted to say because it's not stink shaming, I would say, but it's just, okay, imagine, imagine being stuck in, you know, in the middle of, in the air, in the clouds, and you, you have nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And there's a very stinky person next to you. And at one point, we did try to call for the attendant. But you know, when the seat belts are fastened, when the train is going on taxi and just taking off, it takes a bit of time that the flight attendant can go to you if you requested for them, right? Like when you call them, you press that button. And then so eventually what we did was that we tried to put the air condition towards that person so that they, you know, the air will blow it away. But the funny thing is, because he is directly receiving the air of the air condition, I think he felt very cold. So he tried to adjust it. All right. So he tried to adjust it, put out his hand was trying to fiddle with the air condition and imagine me at his armpit level, all right? And it was just blowing my mind and really, I don't know, I, I was dying there. And he kept on fiddling on it like for several minutes. You know how sometimes when you fiddle with, uh, with the air condition and then you put your hand down and then fiddle again because it's still not, you know, in the right place that you wanted? So that's what he was trying to do. And his t-shirt was, it's not sleeveless, but it's like, it has a sleeve, but kind of like a cropped sleeve in a way where when he put his hand up, the armpit hair is outside. <laughs> so just imagine that zesties. And then, so I couldn't really stop myself. I just have to say it. So in the end, I asked him, all right, I said that, can you put your arms down? And then the funny thing is, Zesties, the funny thing is like he said, what? And then he couldn't hear me properly because it's in the plane, right? You know, the plane is like, and I asked him again, can you put your hand down? I put your arms down. And then, oh, no, I was just turning off the air on something like that. And I said again, just put your hand down. It's killing us. And like, it's really killing us. And I just, I was so embarrassed afterwards. Then I have to hide under the winter jacket. So I know it was harsh, I would say. I know a lot of people might, you know, be very annoyed with how I did it. But it's just because I just couldn't take it anymore. I tried to ask him to put his arms down, but he kept asking three times. And he didn't understand it at all. And then my thing is, 
if people say that a person coming up to them and telling them that they stink is offensive, why don't they think the other way too? Like, isn't being stinky offensive as well in a way that you are not considerate of the people around you? It's just the same as having the perfume, like a very loud perfume in an airplane, right? It's still the same thing. And people would also say that, oh, those stinky people or something, they wouldn't smell themselves. But that was the point, right? That we needed to tell them so that they would know because they wouldn't know and you will just suffer there and die of the bioweapon, right? <laughs> so I think the lesson for this one is really being more considerate of each other. So if one person is oozing with this odor, right? If you don't know, then I guess if someone would come up to you, and they meant it in a way that is not really trying to harm you, but more on coming from a place of love or place of consideration, I think you shouldn't really take it offensively because I think what you're doing is actually the one that's offensive, you know, because you are like sending in this bioweapon and everyone around you would just die of it. And consider Japan, right? That's why in Japan, even perfumes are, you know, not allowed or like frowned upon. So the perfumes would need to be much more closer to your skin so that they would not invade the personal space of someone next to you. And that is consideration, right? I, I applaud Japan for that. And I think the lesson here is just for everyone to be considerate of each other and not take that in offense. Think of it as a way of making yourself better, right? If someone would say to you that, oh, you actually, you know, are stinky. So this is a lesson for you to take a shower or maybe put on deodorant, you know. It's because everyone gets stinky when they sweat anyway. It's, it's a part of life, I would say, or part of nature. But it's more on considering other people around you as well. So anyways, Zesties, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've learned from it or got entertained by it. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the Ed Sheeran topic or the bioweapon topic, please send a voice memo. Keep it relatively short and send to gleefultalkshow at gmail.com. I might feature your entry on a future episode. If you like this episode, consider subscribing and sharing this to your friends. If you'd like to support the show and would like to give me a cup of coffee or two, please head down to the episode notes to find out how. And any episode recommendations, Zesties, please let me know and comment on the comment section or email to gleefultalkshow at gmail.com. Join me next time for another thought-provoking and fun discussion. See ya!